Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. A great career, a loving husband and a gorgeous little boy. Sarah Matthews was living a pretty idyllic life. That was up until three years ago when she had a terrible accident that would leave her with a severe head injury and would change the course of her life forever. And Sarah joins me on the line now. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio today. Hi, Jill. Now, Sarah, you lost your sight pretty suddenly three years ago. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, it was an accident where I was left with um, damage to my brain, um, which severed the connection to uh, both my eyes from the optic nerve. Now, that must have been absolutely traumatising because, you know, to lose your sight very, very quickly, and I know myself, I lost my sight in the space of two weeks, but to lose it virtually in an instant must have been absolutely soul-destroying for you. Yeah, it was was such a big big change and um, took me a long time to sort of make any adjustments really because it had come out of the blue and I spent a lot of time sort of wondering what it was I was going to do next and what I'd be capable of doing. Well this is the thing that that I think a lot of people including myself when they do lose their sight having been sighted uh, you know where am I going to go next what am I going to do and how am I going to go about it and I know that you know when I lost my sight Sarah it, it was exactly that I just didn't know what was going to happen because I was an air hostess uh, I knew I was oh, never wow. going to do that again uh, so yeah. it, it's about knowing what you're actually capable of isn't it yeah absolutely because before I lost my sight I was working as an illustrator so I was quite a creative person doing lots of very visual work working for magazines so it was quite quite a worry really as to what I was going to be able to carry on doing and not only that you know you had a husband and you had a very small child at the time you must have wondered you know what we're going to do in terms of you know bringing in another income because if you're used to being a two-income family then you know it's always difficult to lose one income Yes, that's right. I think that uh, we were very lucky because we've got such great family support around us. So my husband was able to carry on working from both sides of our families. Both sets of grandparents came to stay and look after Evan. They just tried to make it sort of as normal as possible, but, um, you know, not seeing me so often just for a few months. So, yeah, it was a change and he wasn't... Um, able to sort of communicate in terms of talking or anything at the time so it's very difficult for me to sort of understand his movements and what he was up to and when I did come home from hospital there was a lot of adjustment in terms of getting used to playing with him in a different way because I found that probably the best thing that helped us was uh, the fact that he loves trains and we've got quite a lot of wooden train tracks um, with Thomas trains on and things so that's a very tactile thing to do so we, we used to make lots of tracks and do lots of playing yeah it was uh, a very daunting experience but I think there's a couple of things that really helped one was that I was able to get um, help of a personal assistant so I have a lady called Diane that works with me during the week and she's had several children so she was able to give me some advice and the other thing that has been brilliant is there's a, an email group, also I think they're on Facebook too, and it's a group called Blind Mums Connect. And their website is uh, blindmumsconnect.org.uk. And I signed up to their email list and you can just send a question to the group and then anyone who's got a useful answer or something funny to tell you about their experience will email it back. 
and I found that really, really useful, especially when it came to things that were things seemed really, really tricky, like potty training. And when when I was feeling like things were getting really, really hard, it was so great to be able to just email the group and and get a bit of support from them. And, and there is a huge range of mums on that group, some that have got multiple disabilities, such as myself. So I would really recommend anyone as a parent getting involved in that because it's, um, yeah, it's great, really supportive. And of course, you know, with Evan only being around about one years old at the time, you know, that's, yeah. that's still a time when you're bonding with your baby and getting to know your baby. So that must have been incredibly difficult, not to mention the fact that not only did this accident leave you with no sight at all, but you were also left in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's right. That was one of my big challenges was to uh, get walking again. And I had some great physiotherapists that really um, encouraged me and got me um, slowly back on my feet, uh, all the different steps. I remember sort of first time that I sort of walked along the, the sort of parallel bars um, holding me up. That was a big achievement. And then, of course, the next time would be sort of walking outside. And then there's been a lot of uh, milestones and moments that um, have sort of kept me going, I guess, look, look to getting to the next thing. Absolutely. I mean, did they always think that you were going to... Uh, get the the use of your legs regain the use of your um, legs I think there was a hope that I'd be able to walk but it wouldn't obviously it wouldn't be the same as before but I think it's sort of up to me now to um to use my own willpower to see how far I can take it see how much walking I can do but I'm getting a lot stronger my balance is so much better now and um I find that I can walk along with a guide uh with a, just one crutch and I've started also uh trying out the the long cane as well uh, but that's a very early start. I haven't really had any training on it. I'm just sort of <laughs> practicing on my own way. Well, do you know, one of the most touching things that, that you told me before, Sarah, was the fact that one of your biggest challenges was to just walk your son to school again. And that's something that, yeah. that a lot of people would just take for granted. Now, we know we've spoken to many blind mums and dads that mm. can walk their kids to school. But if you're facing blindness and potentially the rest of your life in a wheelchair, you just weren't having it, were you? You were going to walk your son oh, to no, school no. again. I was determined. I was like okay, you know, I've lost my sight, but, you know, there's a possibility I would be able to walk. And I was just sort of thought, well, I'm not going to be blind and in a wheelchair. That's just not possible. <laughs> I wasn't entertaining that idea. So, um, yeah, I, I did work really, really hard on, on walking, and as, as I still am. Uh, and it was my sort of hope that I'd be able to start walking over to school when he started um, first week of September. And I did manage to do it, so I was really pleased. Do you know, you're such an incredibly positive and inspiring person. You really are, Sarah. And uh, I do remember, though, you know, there was a while back where you actually said to me that there was one thing that you found quite refreshing. And, and that was the fact that, you know, you weren't the only person that thought that when you lost your sight, your life was over. Yeah. You know, you weren't going to be able to do anything again. Yeah, when I was in hospital, um, you know, obviously I had so many different ideas going around in my head about what the future would be. But I found one thing really, really useful was that, um, you know, my husband was really great at supporting me and he would update my uh, podcasts for me. And he also downloaded Sight Loss podcasts. One of them that was really useful, one's called Eyes on Success. as an American couple, one his sighted and the other's blind, and they talk about raising their children. And the other one I really like is called Assisted Technology Update. Again, it's in America. And that's a very sort of wide-ranging podcast about all different types of assisted technology for 
uh, disability. And through those, I sort of started to get more of a picture of, a, of what could help me in the future. And uh, somebody brought my iPad in and, and got the voiceover on it. And I remember how, how ridiculously difficult it seemed to start with. And I thought, I'm never going to pick this up. This is just useless. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about with the the iPhone and iPad. Honestly, the number of times at the beginning that I wanted to throw out the window of the car Uh, and my husband... (laughs) My husband would be sitting there and thank goodness, it sounds like uh, you've got a very patient husband, just like my husband is very patient (laughs) with me because honestly, there were times where I was physically punching this phone because I hated it. But now I couldn't live without the technology. I'm so grateful for it. And I tell you something else that, that I saw. You have written the most amazing blog about uh, the OrCam. Now, we spoke about OrCam at uh, this year's TechShare Europe conference Uh, here in Glasgow. But for anybody who doesn't know what the OrCam is, will you be able to describe it to us? Yeah, sure. It's an assisted technology device, which um, is a camera that clips to your glasses. And it's a small uh, sort of computer, I guess, very small, pop that in your pocket. And then if you wanted to read some text, you just point at the text and the computer sort of does it very quickly, whizzes through it, and then puts it into uh, voice and speaks it into your ear. But not only does it yeah. read labels to you, you know, in the fridge, mm. which is, you know, something that, that you know, is so handy, handy when you can't see. Yeah. Um, but you can also uh, read recipes from recipe books. Yeah. And you can also recognise the faces of mums. It recognises yeah. the faces of mums in the playground. That's been brilliant. Yeah, you can um, use the facial recognition to record faces into it. And then when that person passes the camera, it will say their name in your ear, which uh, has been really helpful, <laughs> especially with all the new people I've been meeting. And I think that um, with the camera, I'm able to also sit and read a magazine, which is one of the things I really do miss from being at, being sighted as uh, flicking through a magazine. Now, obviously, this year we saw the Paralympics in Rio and uh, we're all very excited here about uh, all the athletes that were out there. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic (laughs) achievement. But uh, you were also celebrating the Paralympics in your own way recently in London. Yeah, that's right. There was uh, something called Parallel London, which was an event that was set up to commemorate um, the Paralympics that happened in uh, London four years ago. Um, but also to celebrate the start of the Paralympics in Rio. And it was a great event. It's the first time it's ever happened in the world. It's, they made it into a very inclusive day. So I think there are about four different races. You could do a 10K or you could do just a 1K or even at 100 metres. And you could run it, walk it, be pushed or push someone else. It was just getting everybody involved and all different types of disabilities as well. So I thought, I'll sign up for that and have a go. And I I, um, signed up for the 1K thinking I'll probably do a bit of walking, a bit of wheelchair, a bit of walking. But I think I got carried away by the excitement of the day and everybody around me, so everybody trying so hard uh, to do the the race. And I I managed to walk the whole thing. Oh, congratulations. That's just wonderful. Yeah, the longest I've walked in a long time. And it just felt so great to do that. And my family was there too because we've actually... um, Entered it as a family, so it was Graham and my little boy Evan. We all crossed the line together, and um, my mum and dad were there as well to cheer us on. So, how do you see your future now? What are your hopes for the future, Sarah? Well, I think my next big project really is uh, looking to get back into work, and um, something that I do want to do, but I'm not entirely sure what direction to go in yet. So, 
lots of research to do. Also doing a lot more like with the family. We've we've managed to go on holiday just the three of us a couple of times. We also hired a bike that had got a wheelchair attachment on the front so I could go cycling round the forest with uh, with them both. <laughs> it was really good. I also wanted to mention Braille because that's been a great thing for me because when I first came out of hospital I didn't really know what to do with myself sitting around quite a lot but I, I signed up to a Monday morning class not thinking whether it'd be interesting or not and then uh, went along uh, and found that I, I did really enjoy it I could pick up the braille pretty quickly and I got to meet lots of other people that were visually impaired which is something that I hadn't really been able to do before. Well, Sarah, you are a remarkable young woman. You really are. You've got <laughs> such strength of spirit and strength of character and an inspiration to, to many people listening, including myself. Thank you so very much for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio and the very best of luck for your future. Thanks so much, Jill. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts. <laughs>